we're in this series that we kicked off a week ago uh, entitled Compelled. And we're talking about this idea and this call that God has placed on our lives and on our church to reach across the street and around the world, to understand that it's, it's not just enough to say, I believe, God, I receive you, but that his desire is that we would act and that we would step out in faith to be used to reach a lost and dying world. And we believe that when we make the decision to follow Jesus, the Spirit of God compels us to a place of action, compels us to step outside of ourselves. We're continuing to explore God's call to each of us and to Neighborhood Church as as a whole to actively be those people who reach across the street and around the world. We, you may have noticed we, we put our little map up on the wall uh, as you walk into the lobby, and it's really truly a representation of our desire to keep in front of each and every one of us what God is doing through missionaries, through organizations, through relief efforts that are happening around the globe. And so I hope that you'll get the opportunity to go out there and, and check it out. We've got these cool little flag pins uh, for the areas that we're supporting missionaries and, and work that's being done. But when we think about the word compelled, it represents this this sense of duty. Some define it as as a, a need to force or to oblige. But to be compelled means that we step out, we step up. It's more than just being willing to acknowledge there's a need. When we're compelled, we have to act. And when it comes to the call that God has placed on each of our lives, we should similarly be compelled as follower of Jesus to seek and save the lost, the mission of Jesus. One of the interesting elements of being compelled, it is often a natural inner drive or sometimes a drive that outsized forces bring about in our lives. You know, some people have a natural desire to help people. They just love helping people. They love coming alongside. They love ministering to a need. They love to hear about things that are going on and being willing to give to those things. The other people perhaps feel the the motivation to make a difference in the world. They want to do something bigger than themselves. They want to be a part of something that's bigger than them. My wife Gretchen has an innate care for people, and she cares for the forgotten. She, She cares for the passed over. She cares for the underdogs. We had the privilege to minister to a couple in our church uh, the other day, and, and she is in, in kind of incapacitated, and, and, and I was marveled by watching my wife just love on this individual, just to get down at her eye level and just share the love of Jesus with her. And many people are like that, but my wife loves the underdogs. You know, we, it's, it's brought about a bit of contention in, our, in our, our life, and our marriage, because oftentimes I'll find myself when we're getting ready to watch a game or, you know, we're turning something on on the TV, and I'll be like, yes, you know, this team's going to be taking, you know, taking it to this, this other team, and I hope they win, and the championship, and the whatever. And Gretchen inevitably will say, well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the other team. What are you talking about? So she struggles with this need to root for the underdogs, and it's, you know, it's caused a, a fair amount of disunity in our marriage. And I just ask for your prayers that she would see the light, she would understand my authority, and uh, 
I wouldn't get in trouble when I go home. But sometimes God uses outside influences to get our attention. Sometimes he, he uses circumstances to get our attention. And we, and we know if you read Scripture, in the New Testament, Saul was on the road to Damascus, and God got his attention. He was on his way to persecute more Christians. He was on his way to carry out this mandate that he had to persecute these so-called followers of Christ. And God got his attention, knocked him off his horse, struck him blind, and called him to follow. And Paul made the decision to follow Jesus. And everything changed for Paul. And this outside force of, of God impressing upon his heart that he had a purpose changed his whole trajectory. And we know that, that Paul in the New Testament had one of the most incredibly successful missionary journeys that's recorded in Scripture. And yet God had to get his attention. You know, whatever it is that compels you to step into the plan of God, the important component is to understand that his greatest desire is active obedience. His greatest desire is that we would step out, is that we would be willing to see a need and say, I want to step into whatever it is, God, that you would have me do, whoever it is that you would have me to speak to, and that we would understand that he's placed us where he's placed us for such a time as this. Last week, we began our conversation of what it means to be compelled, and we began by being compelled to reach, to reach outside of ourselves, to reach outside of ourselves to be a blessing, to love, to, to care for, to show the love of Jesus. And today, I want us to grasp the importance of being compelled to pray. You know, prayer is one of those interesting aspects and disciplines of, 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 of the walk of, of following Jesus. And yet prayer it should seem like an obvious and core element of our walk with Christ. It, it, it should seem like a foundational component of our faith in Jesus. And yet it's often the spiritual discipline that is most left neglected. Now, why is that? Why is that, 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 that we, we are willing to step into relationship with Jesus and we, we desire all the aspects of, of, of a follower of Christ, but we oftentimes find ourselves leaving prayer on the sideline? We can find ourselves hoping for and dreaming for and desiring all these things, and, and, and oftentimes it's not until adversity hits that we stop to pray. And we may be compelled to do a lot and be a part of a lot of other things, but prayer goes by the wayside. So today as we open Scripture and we're challenged by what God would desire to say to our hearts, our text is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 11. If you have your Bibles, you can flip there. There are some Bibles in the chairs in front of you if you want to use those. And we also have all our notes and scriptures on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Neighborhood Church Events. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this, 
Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No. We're giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us or, in another translation, compels us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die so that we could have life so that we could live together in relationship with you and relationship with one another. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning and you would remind us of the importance of prayer. That we wouldn't live our lives just expecting someone else to stand in the gap to pray, but we would understand that you've called each and every one of us to believe for the great things that you desire to do. And it's through prayer that we activate the power of your name. So, Father, challenge us today, we ask. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to be together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in this passage of Scripture, Paul is is challenging us to understand the responsibility we have as followers of Jesus, to work to persuade others of the power of the gospel. You know, it's not enough just to say, I believe. Say, God, I receive your blessing. I receive salvation. I receive that ability to to step into relationship. God desires more. He desires that none would be lost. He desires that each and every one of us would step into that plan and that purpose to share his love and to reach people. The key element in seeing the message of Jesus multiplied, however, is the responsibility of his followers to be proactive in prayer. Scripture tells us you have not because you ask not. Too often we just assume that we wake up, we rip open our Bible, we say yes, God, whatever you want to do. But we don't intentionally look at what God would desire to do in the midst of the day. And as we continue to emphasize our call to reach across the street and around the world, it's incumbent upon each and every one of us to take up the mantle of praying the way. Every one of us has to be part of that prayer, that journey to say, God, do what you would have to do in our lives and the lives of the people with whom we interact. You know, we're all all not likely to be called to the mission field. Talked about it last week. I can't do the food. I'm sorry. But we're most certainly called to strengthen and support those who are sent with our prayers and our support. For those of us who can't go, who God hasn't called us to go, 
We can pray. We can support. We can strengthen. But the culture in America continues to prioritize consumerism and the needs of each and every individual. We have a tendency to look first at what we need, what I need, and then to the needs of others. It often leads, uh, leaves us with little to share. Yet we possess the need of every human heart and often tend to focus all our time and energy on the outer needs, neglecting the opportunity to speak to the heart. Because God is bringing people across our paths every day who are lost, who are hurting, who are disappointed, who are disenfranchised by what's going on, and who need hope. And we have the hope. It's whether or not we're willing to share. It's whether or not we've prayed and prepared the way for God to move in the midst of those circumstances. And in striving to grab hold of the importance of being compelled to pray, there are three areas in which we can prioritize our focused prayer locally and globally. The first area is this. Pray for open doors of opportunity and the courage to share the gospel with boldness. Pray for open doors. Pray for courage that God would use you, that God would speak through you, that your story would be awakened in somebody's life to say, man, I'm, I'm there right now. How did you overcome that? How did you get through that? And that God would allow us to share, to have those opportunities to share the good news. It's amazing to me how busy life can get with the details of the day. I don't know if, I don't know if your life's this way, but it seems like there's never enough time in the day. And the busyness gets the best of us sometimes and leaves us tired and overwhelmed. We spent several days this past week, as did a few other families, preparing to celebrate our son Micah's graduation. And it seemed like the task list was endless. I mean, you just, you clean the house, and then you live in it, and then you clean it again. You know, I, I was washing the windows, and I got some of that 30 seconds outdoor cleaner stuff. Never used it before. Um, thought it was supposed to be great. wasn't great. I sprayed it all over our gutters, and then it dripped down on our windows and left all this stuff. So after cleaning the house with that, then I had to clean the house with other stuff. You know, you wash the windows to wash the windows. And then, of course, I needed to paint the door. You know, the, the, the you know, I don't know, it's bright red. I don't know what shade it is. We painted the door, and then, of course, you got to paint the, the, the shed door to match the front door. And so the doors are all painted. It was great. And we had to finish spreading the bark dust. And, you know, I, I made the mistake of going up to the bark place with, Elijah's truck that has a canopy on it. And I said, hey, do you guys have a bucket or something that you could kind of like throw it in there? And they're like, no, no. We can dump it on the ground and you can shovel it into your truck. You have any shovels? And then, of course, we had to set up the tables and the chairs and decorate the yard, get everything all ready. And I'm just telling you right now, we hadn't even had the party and I was exhausted. And in the midst of the busyness of our lives, no matter what it is that you're encountering, 
we can easily miss the God moments. We can miss those moments that God is placing right in front of us to make a difference, to make an impact. How often do we begin our day by intentionally praying that God would open a door to share the love of Jesus? Sometimes, man, it's just a miracle if we can get to the place of getting our coffee. And I know some of you, we, we're not going to ask you to pray intentionally before you have your coffee because the Lord knows that's not going to go well. But how often do we wake up in the morning challenged to stand in the gap and pray for those who are struggling, to pray for those open doors of opportunity to share the love of Jesus intentionally? How many times do we plead with God to use us exactly where he's planted us? Because all too often we look at our lives and we go, man, if I could just have this or I just have this opportunity or I just have this promotion or God, if you would just bless me with these funds or if you could just do this in my life, then I could step out and I could do something incredible for your kingdom. And God says, no, I've placed you exactly where I have you for a purpose. For Esther, it was Mordecai saying, perhaps God has placed you here for such a time as this. God has you where he has you, and it's not an accident. It's not a mistake. But it's easy to become discontent at work or at school or in our home lives, understanding that there's a lot of things to tend to. But God can open doors in our lives And he can open doors for the ones who've been called to serve abroad, those missionaries, those ministries, like the one we saw on the screen, who are saying yes to serving people in areas of the world that none of us could probably go. It's up to each of us to pray for God to open doors of opportunity. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Paul finds himself in prison, and he's writing to the church, saying, devote yourselves to prayer, that God may open a door for the message to go forth. He's not praying, pray that God will release me from prison, because this is ridiculous. I was doing his work when they threw me in prison, and this is not right. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, pray that God may open a door for our message to be proclaimed. I think sometimes as Americans, we should remember how blessed we are to be able to share the love of Jesus freely. You can still go out and proclaim the name of Jesus to share your story Share your story of redemption without fear of being imprisoned. Yeah, we look at things and we go, oh, they're canceling this and they're canceling that and they're silencing us here. And Man, if you're a Christian these days, you're just a hate monger. You know, they've been trying to destroy the church for thousands of years. And the enemy of your soul has been trying to take out the community of God. And guess what? It hasn't worked. And it won't. Because God is bigger 
and he's stronger and he's greater than any force of evil on this earth. So when we look at it, are we looking at the natural things and saying, ah, I don't know. There's many missionaries and ministries that work in countries that are difficult to access or are in areas that are resistant to the gospel. Or you can be imprisoned or, or killed for just saying the name of Jesus, much less proclaiming the gospel. Will we be the ones to stand on the gap in prayer for those who are reaching across the world? For those who are saying yes? The reality is every one of us needs the power of the Holy Spirit to give us the boldness and the courage to step out to share our story. If you are in Christ, you have a story of redemption that somebody needs to hear. But will you have the courage and the boldness? Will you pray so that God will open those doors of opportunity? Whether you're a missionary in a distant country or just on your lunch break at work, we should pray for boldness to overcome the fear of failure of sharing Jesus. Oh God, I'm not going to say the right thing. What if they ask me why I'm, why I'm different? Why, what if they ask me why I have hope in the midst of this, this crazy season of my life? What if they want to know? Pray for boldness. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you the words. And we've got to pray against the evil forces that would try to hinder the work of God from advancing. Guess what? There's evil in the world. I know. I know. It was surprising to me too when I read it. We live in a fallen world. And why are we surprised that there's evil? Why are we surprised that there's bad things happening? Why are we surprised that there's sickness and disease? The world is dying. And we have the hope for a lost and dying world. But are we willing to step out in courage and in boldness to share? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. <clears throat> Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Do you realize if Paul, who in my estimation was the greatest missionary that ever walked the face of the earth, if Paul needed help, don't you think maybe we do too? I mean, you might be greater than me and way, you know, way more well-versed in the scriptures and, and you may know all the right words and all the right things to say. And, but don't you think that God is desiring that we would reach out to him and say, God, I need your strength and I need your power and I need your courage and I need your boldness and I need you to open up doors so that I can reach? Are we willing to step out in faith, praying and believing that God would use us and those he's called according to his purpose? Would we be willing to be those who stand in the gap? We've got to understand we have to pray for those open doors of opportunity and the courage and the boldness to speak. The second thing is this. Pray the message of Jesus' love 
will spread unhindered through effective ministry here and abroad, all over the world. We've got to pray. I remember as a child, I remember hearing missionaries speak in church services. They would come in and they'd have the cool videos and the slideshows of all the pictures and, you know, the food and the animals and the people that they ministered to in the villages. And, oh, here's the picture of the witch doctor. That guy's really scary. You know, and you'd sit there and you were amazed. And I'd see all these things and I would think it must be so cool to be a missionary. Wherever they go and wherever they preach, people get saved. It's got to be awesome. And I was very innocent in my thinking. It wasn't until I went to the Dominican Republic, and went to Mexico, and went to these different countries and began to see the work that was being done. And then it wasn't all glorious. It wasn't all happy. It wasn't exciting. There were people who were hurting, who were sick, who were without hope. I believe we can also be naive in the church when we hear from missionaries or we hear about ministries. We can be naive to the threats that the missionaries encounter, the threats to their lives and to their families, to the opposition they face, the opposition to the the gospel, to the spiritual attacks that come against them. I remember hearing one missionary say, he he was ministering and he was preaching the gospel and the witch doctor was on the outside of the village doing all these incantations, and I was like, that would probably be a little bit disturbing, maybe a little distracting, maybe a little terrifying, I don't know. (laughs) But at times there are obstacles that must be removed for God's word to spread rapidly and to spread freely. The same way we need strength to push through difficulties we face in life, missionaries and ministries must push on in the face of opposition and impossible difficulty. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 says, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. Do you see a theme I mean, I have to go back, but I think he said pray in every one of these passages. And he even said pray for us. Greatest missionary to ever walk the face of it. Pray for us. Pray that the gospel would go forth unhindered. Pray that it would spread rapidly and be honored. Pray. We can often forget who our true source of power and strength is. We can forget thinking our success is born out of our skill or our intellect or our knowledge and experience. The reality is found in Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless it's God who is at the center of your purpose, you'll labor in vain. You'll struggle and you'll be disappointed and you'll be frustrated. Because we're laboring in vain. When we step into the plan of God, he blesses. He removes obstacles. Does not mean it's always going to be easy? No. But we tend to think it's up to us to achieve and accomplish, to succeed. 
when prayer is the key to unlocking God's very best in our lives and the lives of those who need him so much. It's truly important that we rely on God in every aspect of our lives. Did you hear that? Every aspect. Not just when life gets hard. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm probably not the smartest guy in the room, but nothing means to, to me nothing. So if we're not in Christ, you can do nothing that will have any eternal value or success sustainable success. It may be great today. He is our source. We've got to pray and believe that God will provide strength and perseverance in the hard times for us and for those we love. We need to pray that the seeds that are planted by those who are on the mission field or those who are in these different parts of the world or involved in these ministries would bear much fruit. We need to pray that God would prepare our hearts and our church for the harvest of souls he is desiring to bring. There are people who are without hope, who need a Savior. Are we ready? If they walk in the door today, are we ready to love them? To show the love of Jesus? Or are they going to walk in and say, oh, this is just like any other church? They don't really love people. My prayer is that people would see the love of God in us. They would see a heart of love and care and devotion that is bigger than just Let's pray for us four and no more. But to understand that God is wanting to reach everyone. As we step out to share our story of Jesus' love, we must pray for the hearts of those with whom we share. Because God can change a heart. Guess what? You can't. Sorry. You could change a mind, maybe. But the heart, that's a tougher deal. The Spirit of God can change our hearts. It can change the path of our lives. So we've got to pray for the hearts of people. So as we come to this place of being compelled to pray, we should pray for open doors, for opportunities courage to share the gospel. We should pray for the message of Jesus' love that it would spread and it would not, not be with, hindered by anything. Final area that we need to pray for, we need to pray for God's protection and strength as we step out. As we step out in faith, as we step out to say yes to what God is desiring to do in and through our lives, we've got to pray for God's protection and strength because I'm telling you right now, there are forces that want to take you out. The Bible says, the enemy of your soul desires to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And if he can't do those things, he wants to distract or detract you from what God is desiring to do through your life. The great reality of life is that it's rarely easy. It's rarely just get up and woo, isn't everything great? I don't know about you, but everything's great for me. Whether you work, you go to school, you're a stay-at-home parent, you're retired on disability, life gets hard. There's stuff coming at us from every angle, overwhelming workloads, conflicts and relationships, financial uncertainty. It can seem overwhelming at times. And I don't know about you, but I can find that I get a bit inwardly focused at times, where I start looking and going, gosh, my life is hard, facing all these stresses and uncertainties. And then I'll speak to somebody who's on the mission field, and then I'll I'll talk to somebody who is reaching outside of themselves. Remember one time I was feeling pretty pretty bad about myself. And then I heard about a missionary friend who's serving in Africa, and his son had just been diagnosed with a learning difficulty, a learning disability. And they're in this remote part of the world, and they're wondering how to care for their son, who's going to struggle his entire life learning. And it put them in a tough spot as they cared for their children as they ministered. I remember the time I heard, heard a missionary in a, in a conference who couldn't even tell us what country he ministered in for fear of his life. And I remember thinking, oh, ministry is so hard, and gosh, you know, being a pastor is such a burden at times. And I remember him saying, I can't tell you where I minister because last week, someone who I was on our missionary team was executed by Al-Qaeda. And it brings into perspective we're pretty blessed. The same overwhelming workloads, relational difficulties, financial stresses that we experience, those who are in harm's way experience the same way. But just add to it the difficulty of living and working cross-culturally, the health and wellness of their families always being in flux, in foreign countries, the emotional, spiritual, and physical strain they sometimes feel. None of us were ever called to carry these burdens and uncertainties alone. Every one of us was called to be a blessing to the other. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know the interesting thing about that passage of Scripture? We pray that one for ourselves all the time. When was the last time you prayed that for somebody else? When was the last time you lifted somebody else up in prayer and said, God, would you take that burden? Would you make their yoke easy and light? Would you give them the strength that they need right now in this moment? 
We have to be willing to pray for God's protection and strength for ourselves, yes, our families, absolutely. And for those who are serving around the world, the missionaries, the ministries, the people who are struggling. Pray for God's safety. Pray that God would restore and refresh his children. I don't know about you, but which one of us couldn't use a little bit of refreshing right now? A little more strength. A touch of God. Pray that God would change the hearts of those to whom we've been called to love. Those people who are out there who are struggling, they're just going and going and going and they're working and they're working and they're working and they're pushing and they're pushing and they're pushing. And all of it's for naught. If this is all there is, is this life. But we have the hope. We have the hope to share with somebody to say, no, there's more than this. God is greater. He has a plan. He has a purpose. My prayer today is that we would become true followers of Jesus who are more concerned for the people around us who don't know Jesus died so they could have life. That we wouldn't just say, yes, God, I receive your blessing. I I receive your promise. And that's it. We would be those who'd be willing to pray on the behalf of those who don't know. I mentioned the verse before, but James 4 2 says, You have not because you ask not. Why? Because you ask with the wrong motives. So, what motivates you? What motivates the prayers of your heart? Our desires, or the desires to see our families, our neighborhoods, our community, our state, our country, our world safe for the cause of Christ? Is that what motivates you? Or is it something else? My question is, what are you believing for today? What is it that you're asking God for today? Because God's not in the business of small. God desires that we would have great faith. God desires that we would dream big. God desires that we would pray big prayers. Audacious faith. There's a book called The Circle Maker. Some of you have probably read it. It's by Mark Batterson, incredible author. But it's an amazing book. And it's all centered around prayer. It's all centered around how we navigate our prayer journey. And I love Mark Batterson because he writes in just a very simple way. And he has simple things that he says, but they're profound. And in Batterson's book, The Circle Maker, he puts it well on how we should approach prayer. He says, Bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or your boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they are insulting to God. Did you hear that? If your prayers aren't impossible to you, then why in the world are you praying them? 
Because faith is hope for the things that don't exist, that we cannot see. Not the, oh, you know, this, this can happen and that can happen. It's right there. I can see it. So are we willing to pray big? Are we willing to pray with great faith? Because that's the kind of faith that God is desiring. Is bold prayers that honor God. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, you've called us to so much more, to so much greater than just to exist in life. You sent your son Jesus that we would be able to have life and life more abundant, not so that we could just exist. So Father, forgive us. Forgive us for those areas where we've just phoned it in and said, God, I just I can't do it. I don't have the strength. Father, we ask that you would challenge our hearts today, that we would begin to think big, we begin to think greater, that we begin to look outside of ourselves to see those who need you. And that we would be willing to pray the way to see the doors open, see the opportunities come forth where you can show up in the life of someone who's in desperate need of hope, desperate need of a Savior. God, I I pray that we would be those that would pray to say, God, I want to be used. I want to support and strengthen people around me. Father, let our motivation, let our motives be pure when it comes to the things that we pray for and believe for. Forgive us, Lord, for those times that we've placed ourselves on the thrones of our heart and taken you off of it. And we ask that you would hear our prayers, that you would see our desire to reach people. And you would honor it, Lord, by bringing the power of your Holy Spirit to awaken our hearts, to open our eyes to the people who need you. Father, we thank you. Today, if you're in that place of saying, God, I want to pray to be used. I want to pray to bless. I want to pray to strengthen. That's you to say, just say, yes, God, I desire to step into that place. Being one who prays to see things happen. One who prays to see you save a life. And this morning, if you find yourself in this place of saying, I don't know what it means to follow Jesus with my whole heart. I don't know what it means to be in this relationship. I don't know what it means to pray. We want to invite you to that point of decision this morning. To say yes to Jesus, to say yes to life more abundant. So this morning we're going to say a simple prayer and we say it each week as an opportunity for you to step into life with Jesus. And if it's your desire to make that decision today, 
Scripture says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that Christ died and was raised from the dead, you will be saved. And that's saved from a life of meaninglessness. That's saved from a life of destruction. That's saved from a life of separation from God. Life won't be perfect. It won't be easy. But it will have purpose. So if that's your desire today, would you say this prayer with us? Church, can we say it together so that we don't embarrass anyone or single anyone out? Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe your son, Jesus Christ, came to this earth to live and die. He was raised back to life so that I could have a relationship with you. I ask you today to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me that I can't change as I choose to live for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we be those today that are compelled to a place of prayer and purpose to understand that God has placed us where he's placed us for a purpose, and that as we believe for God's very best for our lives and the lives of those whom we interact, those that people are ministering to around the world, that God would desire to do great things. Our prayer partners are available to you today. If you made the decision to follow Jesus, we would ask that you write something on a connection card and let us know. If you're watching online, please send us an email or type something in the comment bar. We'd love to get in touch with you, get you a Bible. Our prayer partner's available if, if you have a prayer need that you'd like someone to agree with you to, this morning in regards to. But this week, can we make the decision to step out in prayer, believing for what God would desire to do in and through our lives? I'm telling you, we have not because we ask not. Because we ask with the wrong motives. Let's make sure this week that our motives are to see God move in the lives of people. As we go out and enjoy this amazing week, pray that you would be the neighborhood to everyone that you interact with, and we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. 